Welcome for another evening of Dungeons and Dragons. I am, as always, your host and Dungeon Master, Kenny. We have our stable four people who seem to be able to show up to session on time, starting with our rogue. Our rogue. Oh, that's Devin. Uh, playing for up. Our fighter. Our fighter. Um, hello, this is uh, Jeff playing Garen Fighter. Our Warlock. Hi, uh, this is Jesse playing Valentis. And our Artificer. Hey everybody, it's Dylan playing Boomer. Alright, we got we got it together by the end there, guys. And uh, our Bard is a unknown. So, we last left off our party staring down the retreating Baba Yaga who had just stolen the memories of mom from two of the party members and while the party has sworn vengeance they have decided to not pursue the Baba Yaga at this time, I believe. Is that right? Yep. Yep. And uh, the party was heading towards a Ella Rail exchange. Uh, another <sighs> another day down the road. So, what does the party do? Um, I'm, I'm assuming that we're just going to are traveling down the road right now, right? All right. So, yeah, if you guys have anything else, we'll just travel a day. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that rail's just down the road, right? Right down the road. Can't, Can't miss, miss it. it. So... <laughs> <laughs> you guys travel down the road for another full day of travel that's completely uneventful. Uh, you find yourself coming to the edge of what seems to be a crossroad town of, uh, of mediocre size. Uh, it seems to have a pretty small living population, but is very, quite the uh, hub of bustling activity. Um, and uh, you guys see a town sign that says Melquette. Population, 10,000. What, what's the name of the town? Marquette. Alright. Um, Karen kind of just be quietly uh, sitting on the cart, seeming rather subdued at the moment. Okay. Still not quite having shaken off yesterday. Sure. Oh, is this the uh, town with the L rail in it? Yes. Uh, Boomer will probably turn the party in, probably like, well, we should probably go pick up our tickets uh, so we can get going, put our put our cart on there and try to sell off these uh, desert creatures. Uh, Farung would agree. Kind of be like, well, probably be a lot easier if we were able to sell it, but it looks like our bard decided to, to go elsewhere. Probably to go buy some fancy shirts or wine or something. Alright, so you guys make your way into the town proper. It is a, like I said before, a bustling little um, crossroad town of activity. And not long before you come sort of within the proper city limits, sorry, I'm trying to find the words, uh, a courier of some sort runs up to your caravan. Uh, he seems to be dressed 
in relatively nice clothes, but obviously clothes meant for the road. And he has uh, a symbol on his vest uh, that didn't, uh, immediately denotes him as a member of the Adventurer's Guild. And he um, pulls out a piece of, uh, like, a, like a scroll as he approaches your party and, and sort of like looks at it back and forth, looking at each member of the party and goes, I'm sorry, are you all with the Coalition? Uh, yes, yes, we are. Uh, would you happen to be sent by Gurazor? He nods quickly uh, as he approaches the caravan. Excellent. Well, this must be our capital that I requested. He nods again and asks if you can just dump your supplies in your, your carriage for you. Oh, that sounds good to me. Everyone else? Frog just gives a shrug. Uh, yeah, but go, go sit it back there, old boy. All right, so the the young man sort of trots along to the back of your your, your caravan. Uh, Boomer's going to watch it. Um, okay. Just By the way, sure. that's just yeah. – Austin just hit me back. Uh, he'll, he'll He's not going to be around tonight. Okay. So it's just the four of you. That's fine. Oh, boy. I mean, I have one healing spell now, so. Well, hey. Sweet. Set the bank on my hit points. Yeah, it's probably fine. Okay, so <laughs> I'll just I'll just cover myself in mud and make animal noises. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, you said you're watching the boy. Yeah, yeah. I after everything that everybody's like we've been through so far, uh, Boomer's not feeling like uh, he's he's really suspicious about some stuff from people he doesn't really know anymore. Gotcha. Um, so you see him um, pull out uh, five bags of gold um, and sort of set them along a row. He then uh, sets a small belt pouch um, next to them. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to remember. What else did you guys request other than some gold and uh, LRL tickets? Um, I think that was honestly about it. Yeah, that was it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, great. So he uh, he puts his backpack back on his back because he had to dig through it to get all those things, and then he opens the belt pouch and pulls out the five tickets and puts a ticket into each of the uh, five bags, um, and then grabs all five bags sort of like between the slots of his fingers and hands a bag to uh, each of the members of the party. And, um, Boomer. Yep. Can you make a perception check? Yep. Let's see. It's a seven. Um, yeah, I mean... You were just kind of watching him do all that. You didn't really see him do anything sketchy. Okay, cool. So he goes and, and hands you a bag, and, and as he hands the bag of gold to each of you, of which there's um, 80 gold in it. Sweet. Um, nice. So 80 gold and an Ella Rail ticket with your name on it. Sorry, not with your name cool. on it, but with this town going to... Uh, going north 
Um, and then it has this, a stamp from the coalition symbol on it. Nice. Uh, so does anyone uh, investigate their bags or, or anything like that? Because after that, he's yeah. going to just say that yeah. he's made his uh, delivery. Garen's going to take a look inside the bag. Yeah, it's bag and kind of poke at the gold. Yeah, it's, look it's, at it. it's 80 gold pretty universally. Um, and uh, and with him handing over the last... Uh, excuse me. After he hands the last of the bags out, he will uh, sort of bow a little and go, well... That'll be all for me, unless there's anything you need from me, sirs. Uh, what, what, what's your name, son? Oh, uh, forgive me. Uh, my manners, uh, I always leave my manners out when I'm doing guild business. My name is Kirkin. Well, old boy, I appreciate what you've done, and he'll take out a gold piece and uh, hand it to him. And thank him for you know, delivering the stuff to him. He, he nods graciously and takes the single cold and puts it in a patch of his uh, and sort of cool. once again bows and excuses himself and makes his way. Cool. Alright, so is, uh, is everyone good? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Garen's pretty happy to have some coins. He's uh, tucking the bag onto his belt and uh, kind of smiling a little bit. He does love his coins. Sure. All right, so um, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, are there any, uh, like, as we're traveling through town, are there any, like, uh, tankers, anybody? You imagine that you might find some tankering business in the bazaar? But there's no like establishment that is suited for tinkering. Nah, he's not going to worry about it. All right. So you guys are able to pretty easily identify where all of the Ella Rail businesses on like the north side of town. Uh, like I said, there's a bazaar in the middle of town. It's about midday, uh, so the bazaar is a bustling. Um, um. Sorry. There's easily four or so taverns that you could go to, um, but uh, you, have, you still have much of the day ahead of you. Well, um, Garen would kind of uh, be rummaging around in the cart and we kind of look to everyone if they're still gathered and uh, mention that they still have enough rations for uh, quite a while now. So, they should be good on food. He's kind of just thinking ahead. Um, he would look at them and say, so, uh, I guess we'll take this cart to the Ella Rail and then sell off these lizards. I don't feel like pushing it too far, and I imagine they've got some uh, people there who can load it on to the rail for us. Well, what are we going to do when we get to the end of the line? I mean, we could take the wagon with us. We just need to get something to pull it when we get there. I imagine there has to be some creatures more suitable to the elements up there instead of these lizards. Agreed. Um, I mean, do we know anyone that would be able to figure that out? I ponder for a moment trying to think of if I know of any creatures that would be able to survive in the wilderness of the north. Sure. 
There we go. We got four weeks worth of rations. Just for everyone's knowledge. Yeah. Uh, what do I add to that? Is that just to my nature? Yeah, it's your nature check, so. Alright, that's seven. <laughs> well, I mean, you're proficient in nature, and nature's a wisdom rule, isn't it? Um, yeah, I believe so. Okay, so you just rule uh, poorly. Nature's, in, nature's intelligence. Is it really? Mm. Yep. Yeah. Alright, so yeah, it's your proficiency plus your intelligence. Then. Oh, and plus skill? What? Or it's a, that's just that's already calculated in my skill. Never mind. All right. Because I was going to use my nature skill on top of my roll. Oh well, yeah, that's all you do. Whatever, whatever you've written down yep. on your sheet, it should yeah. be your proficiency, yeah. which is plus two, plus your mm-hmm. intelligence stat, which is what. Yep. Plus two. Okay, so plus four. So okay. So I got a four, yep. and that's uh, plus thirty-seven. Alright, so yeah, uh, you 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 know that there must be something that 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 would be suited for that, but you couldn't think of what that animal might be off the top of your head. I shrug and be like, maybe we can find out somebody who knows that. I know that it sucks that you always keep bungling these nature rolls, but I kind of really like the fact that your character is this like. Outdoorsman and like explorer, who just like draws like Darwin like draws pictures of things and like doesn't know, know what shit is. I don't know what this is and I don't know what it's good at, but I'm gonna take a picture of it. See anything in your travels? Probably. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> Sorry, I just think that it's fun. Um, um, is there a general good store? Oh yeah, easily around. But I might be able to get like wood and some some metal from. Uh, yeah, I mean you probably have to go to the blacksmith for like large amounts of metal, but yeah, you can easily find the lumber. Cool. And just to, just another quick question: Is our uh, cart modifiable? What do you want to put on the cart? Hemp my cart. Make it a huh? steam tank. <laughs> what do you want to put on the cart? Oh, I was gonna take the wheels off and put it like a sled. So it would go easier in the uh, in the snow. Yeah, I over, that if anybody could do it. You you could definitely do that during the course of the all rail trip. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. So we could, so it wouldn't hinder the train, wouldn't hinder the cart as much. Right. Yeah. Um, just just for my own knowledge, was I able to retrieve the javelin that I put through Devin's character? No. Let's take a look. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the madman. That one's got a smiley face painted on it for some reason. Cool. Well, Boomer's going to be like, well, uh, I got some ideas about this cart to help us out up there in the snowy north. So why don't y'all go sell off, you know, get all that stuff together, and I'm going to go get some materials. So let's I'm go gonna take my lizard and go over to the Ella Rail entrance and wait for people coming off to travel in the desert and try to sell mine off. Alright. But Boomer's, Boomer's gonna hand his to the run and he's just gonna walk. Um Darren would actually 
offer to help Furlong sell off the lizards. All right. As charismatic as he is. So it's pretty much everybody going to take their lizards to the Elrail area to try and sell their lizards? Uh, yeah. Um, Valus thought about leaving his with, uh, with um, Gaharan, but uh, he, he thinks he could probably get uh, a, some, something like better money out of it than Gaharan. Okay. Probably. So the three of you go and do that. Let me go handle Boomer's little side quest real quick. Yep. And then we'll do you guys. So, Boomer, you find yourself at the general goods store, or did you want to go to the blacksmith? Um, where do, where would, like, most of the things that I need to be? Uh, I'm pretty sure, considering what you're trying to do, you would need some lumber, yeah. sure, but you definitely need a large amount of metal to do that. All right, then you probably head to the blacksmith first, because I'll need nails and things like that, too. All right, so there is a, a couple of blacksmiths in town. But the one that's a little closer is where you fi- end up finding yourself. It's got a, uh, uh, it's it's sort of signage is metal letters that are all very finely crafted uh, with little like leafy embellishments to it, and it just says, "Ledge Brothers Metal Bending Services." Huh, nice. Uh, Boomer's gonna walk in. Is there a door or like a? Yeah, there's an outside area, and there's no one working the forge at the time. Um, okay. But uh, the so so there is an inside. Yeah, he'll just walk in. Okay. Uh, behind the well, there's there's two people and a couple of customers. There's two people that run the store. Um, a pair of halfling brothers who seem to be entertaining themselves between customer service with the with some sort of game. A manner of which a bunch of small wooden pawns are used of uh, different shapes and sizes moving around a board. They seem to be quite uh, engrossed in it that you get little more than an absent wave as they hear the door uh, fling a bell back and forth. Uh, there's a couple of uh, Adventurer's Guild looking types walking around the blacksmith's shop uh, eyeing different blades or arrows um, you know, hashtag just adventurer things. And, uh, <laughs> but you can tell from the craftsmanship of the weaponry and armor hanging across the walls of this place that uh, these guys take their time and get yep. their work uh, and seem to take great pride in it. And the same sort of leafy embellishments on the metal plates and the sword hilts is everywhere uh, that, so that you recognize from the craftsmanship of the sign outside. Alright, uh, Boomer's gonna walk up to him and he's, uh, uh, he's gonna go, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, uh, could I, could I talk to one of y'all real quick? Uh, the moment you walk up, the, the moment you walk up, you get their attention, and, uh, the slightly taller of the two brothers grabs the board and all of the wooden pawns, and, like, very precariously turns and takes it off the desk and sets it aside, as the slightly shorter of the two brothers... Uh, turns his attention to you and sort of clasps his hands together and uh, with almost a practiced approach goes, uh, yes, hello, how can me and my brother help you? Uh, well, first off, Boomer's going to pull out his, shake out, you know, pull his hand out and like, go for a handshake. Oh, he takes it. That, that's what his daddy always taught him. Yep. Um, and he's going to say, uh, listen, I'm going to need, I'm in need of uh, procuring some, some sleds for a cart. Uh, uh, I just need them forged. Uh, I, I can put them on. 
uh, I was just wondering, I don't need, I just need, you know, need it to uh, hold up. The brother sort of nods through your, as you give him more and more information. The older brother has come back at this point, hearing that it's a bit of a project that you have prepared for them. So he comes back with a sheet of papyrus and a piece of charcoal and uh, sort of the older brother looks to you and goes, okay, uh, or taller brother so looks to you and goes, so what's the size of your cart? Uh, I, I know the size of the cart, right? Yeah. Like I can remember that? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 can, you can ballpark it. Yeah, 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 so I just give him a ballpark answer. It, it, it holds about, like, six of us. And so he sort of draws, like, a little rectangle and puts the numbers to dictate the length and width that you gave him. And, and uh, yep. the shorter brother sort of, like, is, like, sort of over the shoulder, his other brother giving directions and looks to him and goes, so you're going north then? Uh, yeah, uh, me and, uh, uh acquaintances of mine, friends really, uh, are heading up there on a, on a mission from the coalition. Mm. And he kind of chuckles at that, realizing that it rhymed. Yep. Uh, mission from the coalition. Mm. Anyways, yeah, we're heading up north. And, uh, the, sort of the older brother is putting more details into the information that you're giving him, sort of begins to draw, is drawing like simple sketches of what these you know, sled rails are going to look like. Older brother continues to bite at you for information. So he asks, "Do you want to be able to? Do you want this thing to be able to ride like a sled, or do you want to just have it pulled?" Uh, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, we're planning on having some sort of animal, so I'm going to say pull. But it would be cool to have a giant sled like that. Uh, well, unfortunately, you're going to have to pick because if you want an animal to pull it, we're going to need to put some height on it. So you can keep it off off the ground. If oh you want. yeah. No, we're gonna need we're, we're gonna need to pull it. Yeah. All right. And so you see, over the course of a couple of information, the two of them, two halfling brothers, talking back and forth uh, in common. It's all jargon that you've heard before. Like it all makes sense to you. And these guys, it sort of displays that these two guys really do know what they're talking about, despite where they are working. You'd think that they probably wouldn't know much about sled making, um, but they seem mm. to know their shit, which is pretty impressive. And uh, so when after a few minutes of this subsides, you just kind of listen to them go back and forth. And one of them saying, no, it's, you're going to want something more like this. I know what I'm doing. We've built this up before. I know I was there. You know, just sort of some playful banter. Uh, and the taller, slightly taller brother holds up the papyrus and he sort of shows you what they're going to be building. Uh, and it is very simply uh, a, a pair of very symmetrical, finely looking rails that would be very easily uh, nailed to the underneath of your cart. Oh, very good. Uh, yeah, boys, that look, that boys look that looks real good, boys. Uh, I'll definitely be taking that. Wonderful. Well, the metal alone is going to be pricey, and it'll take us at least one night to get it done. Uh, uh, do you have a, a, a estimate on that price? Hmm. I sort of. One of them sort of ducks under the desk, and you can hear him talking about the prices of metal and how much extra metal they have lying around, and pops up and says, "That'd be about forty gold for the for the both of them." Uh, does that include the nails as well? Oh, certainly. 
But yeah, I could I could definitely do that. All right. Well, uh, if you wanted to, by today, the way, I, oh no, you can take your time. Well, I have to talk to my party, but and then get back to you. All but right. I definitely well, give you the gold now for it. Well, uh, we will take nothing more than half until the work's done. But wanted to offer to you if you wanted it done today. It would only cost you another ten gold. We have to put one of our orders, you know, on standby. But the the fella isn't too pressed to receive his axe, so he can wait at night. So fifty gold. Yeah, and we can have it done before the sun was fully set. You got you got yourself a deal. Okay. Uh, by the way, I see y'all are awful, you know, real good craftsmen. Uh, I just thought I'd show you something, and Boomer will pull out his. Uh, Thunder Cannon. I'm like, uh, check this piece of art out. And the the slightly shorter brother is kind of titillated by the Thunder Cannon and like sort of like like taps the top of the uh, the, the, the table for you to set it upon. Uh, uh, Boomer will set it up there. And uh, the, the two brothers just sort of like grab in their, ex, you know, assorted beards or mustaches and look it over, and one of them pulls out a monocle to get a better look at some of the details, making very sure not to touch it, uh, but but looking over very thoroughly. Go. So, if I had to guess, this thing shoots some sort of projectile, is that right? Uh, yeah, it's a, an illusion of magic and uh, mechanics uh, of my own design. Uh, I'd say it shoots out more than just something. Uh, I can pierce armor, uh, blow a hole in a human being, Pull a hole in a giant if I wanted to. Damn. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. If you guys got a spot where I can fire it off for you, I'd be more than happy, more than welcome to, you know, let loose around. Well, once we handle the customers that are here, we'll close the shop down for the day. If you wanted to just take a moment, we'll put a dummy up in the backyard. We'd love to see you put it up, put put around for it. Uh, that sounds that sounds good, old boy. Um, let me give you that twenty five gold for the uh, for the half the rails right now. They the younger the slightly shorter brother nods and sort of takes it from you and seems to stow it away somewhere. And uh, the older brother grabs a little like like hand bell and sort of clangs it a couple of times and goes, "Shop's closing pretty soon. Figure it out what you want." And a couple of the you know if you do you wait? Yeah, I'll wait for him. Well, you see them handle a couple of other customers. A guy comes up, buys a dozen arrows. A guy comes up, buys a sword. A guy comes up, tries to haggle for a shield. And they don't take the fucking haggle because they know what that shield's worth. And the guy leaves empty-handed. But uh, not long after he rings that bell the first time, uh, the store is empty outside the three of you. And uh, the two brothers walk up to the door and um, do like a bar lock and then... One of them steps on the other one's shoulders and puts a, in a second bar lock near the top of the door. Um, and uh, and then they come back and sort of ask you to follow them through the back. Yeah, I'll follow. So uh, you follow them down a little hallway that seems to clearly go into a backyard of this place where the anvil and whatnot is. Uh, and... You uh, also see another alleyway that looks like to go that goes to where their living quarters is, but uh, you get to see some of their incomplete works um, along the way, all of which sort of fortify to you that these guys know what they're doing. 
um, and probably have been shaping metal for several decades. But uh, they take you out to the back. Um, like I said, some time has passed at this point. And, uh, and they, they sort of, one of the brothers goes out to the little yard and like grabs a metal shield that's not finished and like puts it on the, like the chest of this dummy. And, uh, the other brother is looking, looks like he's getting himself together to get the metal ready for the project you have for them tonight or today. Um, do you shoot the dummy? Oh yeah. I'm going to shoot that dummy. Okay. Do you want me to roll for it? Uh, no. Just use an ammo for it. Okay, cool. Uh, 69 ammo. All right, roll me, roll me damage though. So yeah, uh, he'll he'll you know put his sights on, shoot off around, hit the shield, blow a hole in. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it blows a hole in it. Tell me the damage. Oh, you want me to roll the damage? Yeah, just roll, uh, just just roll damage. Nine. Okay. So you dent the shield in. Looks like it been hit by some sort of great club wielded by a foaming barbarian. You don't sunder the shield thoroughly. Uh, you don't puncture the, the straw dummy behind it. But it looks as if, like, the finger of God just, like, came down and, like, poked the shield. Like, the whole shield just, like, concaved thoroughly. And you can see the the ammo the ammo you put in just like sort of hanging in that concave dent you just put into the shield. The shield is definitely unusable until it's banged back out. To which both the halfling brothers sort of like gleefully like clap audibly and sort of one of them giggles to themselves and the other one sort of walks over and gives you a slap on the shoulder. And goes, That's a mighty fine piece of equipment you've made for yourself there. Well, thank you, sir. I, I, I appreciate it. Eight years of hard work and labor. Well, uh, and the same brother who's standing next to you sort of points to this uh, pair of relatively similar sized lumps of metal and goes, well, we're going to go ahead and get to banging this out, but uh, come on in and come right, by. Well, to, uh, come on in later today, or do you want me to wait for y'all? Well, if you want to come by when the sun's all the way set, like right when it gets proper blackout, uh, yeah, come on back, and if you hear us ambling, just walk around the side. And we'll, you'll certainly see us. All right, sounds good. I'll be back then, boys. Very good. And if we're not, you don't hear the an, the anvil ring, and just knock on the front door. Yeah, I just leave. All right. All right. So that's all done. All right, you guys, uh, all make your have made your way with your Sanskrit lizards to the Ella Rail uh, station. You see that uh, there is a L rail that's actively unloading people, uh, and there are several conductor type folks mucking around guiding people where to go. Anyone want to say anything about how this is going? Yeah. Uh, Valen will um, gesture to the other two that are with him and uh, kind of point towards um, one of the people guiding the, the newcomers in um, and say, hey, we should probably go over there. And uh, try to sell off these lizards. Um, he'll make his way over and uh, try to flag down the first people that look a, a little lost. Okay, you see a, a small group of three adventurers guild type 
people. Um, they seem not quite from around here. One is a dragonborn. One is a uh, dwarf um, from the capital city. You can tell he's de definitely not rust dwarf. And the third guy is a human. Um, and uh, the human sort of meets your eyes first. Um, Ryan, I'll put on my best uh, cordial face and smile a bit. And say, hey, hail adventurers. Uh, new to the desert? Uh, the human sort of looks at the other two and nods a little bit. The three of them kind of walk over to you. Okay. Oh, well, my name is Valen Dits. Um, we are, my, myself and my party, we are just now leaving the desert. And, um, we'd like to, uh, show you guys our mounts. Um, they served us well in the desert. Uh, we've grown quite fond of them. But, uh, we have no use for them where we're heading. Um, I imagine you guys don't have any, uh, desert lizards, do you? The dwarf shakes his head and goes, what would we need lizards to get through the desert for? Well, uh, why would you buy a horse to get through the forest? So you can get there faster and get there safer. That's exactly why we have these mounts. They um, I'm going to... the desert and quickly. Sorry. That's fine. Um, what do you got for him? I was going to take a look and observe them and see if they're carrying any rations or anything. Um, they seem relatively prepared. I mean, they have, you know, the, the Dragonborn especially has a pretty heavy backpack on, but uh, it's not like you see gotcha. dried sausages hanging out or anything like that. Um, so Farouk's just going to acquire be like, so are you walking into the deep desert? The Dragonborn sort of steps up and, go, and sort of puts his hand on the door shoulder and goes, hold on now. I've heard of these lizards. Are these proper Sanskrit lizards? I've never seen one myself. Oh, I'm going to nod, yeah. These are proper lizards. They've done us well. It's at about this point that you hear a whistle and a hastened step approach your, your, your collective and a conductor uh, type, very uh, handsome man in his later years, steps up to you all and sort of looks at the three that you're talking to and then looks to you all and goes, are you trying to sell these lizards at this station right now? No. I was just showing them what they probably need to get through the desert. I'm not trying to sell anything. Huh. Because it looked like to me and listened like to me that you were trying to sell these lizards to these people. And you're welcome to do that. But not here. Take your business off the property of the Yellow Rail. Uh, Frog would not. Right. And uh, look back to Valadez and. Uh, oh, sorry, I forgot Jeff's name. Garen. Uh, yeah. Garen, thank you. Valad will wave uh, and in agreement and uh, hop on the bus and start marching it away from uh, the Yellow Rail and shout to the uh, the three green adventurers and let them know. We'll be uh, right outside of the gate if you would like to talk about these Sanskrit visits. Uh, they, the three of them follow you. Um, they feel like they've gotten a deal, so they follow you pretty much to wherever it is you end up going. Perfect. All right, so once we get right outside of the gate, um, Valen will look to the, the three of them and say, so would you be interested in, uh, in purchasing any of these? Uh, the dwarf sort of struck, stroking his beard, sort of looks up and down and goes, 
We would be, but only if the price is proper. No, of course, of course the price would be proper. Um, I don't have. Do you guys remember how much we paid for him? I just, I was just saying that. I yeah, I, I just asked that, but it, oh, sorry, you know, Mike needed to go oh, last fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's good. Let's go big. Um, Val will look to uh, the three and say, well, uh, I think that these five beasts, uh, seasoned as they are, since we've just had them in the desert, and they've treated us very well, should go for no less than 75 gold apiece. 75 gold apiece. Uh, was that low? I think, I think it's a little high. Yeah, I think we only paid 60 apiece for them. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be like, no, 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 no. I'm be like, since we have sent them through the desert already, maybe we should cut the price a little bit lower. Maybe 30 gold apiece. Valen will interject quickly and loudly uh, so <laughs> it's lose him any more gold. Uh, it's a, you're right, 70 gold apiece it is. Dwarf sort of... To the chaos, Garen's putting a little hat on his lizard. <laughs> the, the, the dwarf sort of looks at his allies and speaking in dwarvish... Does anyone here speak Dwarven? No. Uh, so he speaks to his allies in Dwarvish a moment. The two nod and the Dragonborn sort of chimes in and comment and goes, 70 gold is a lot for some lizards, especially this far from the desert. We'll do 55 for each. No more, no less. Well, we'll look at uh, look to Ferran. Got his head a little bit. So um, I think fifty-five would be uh, would be just fine. I, I would inquire. I, I would inquire how much bird meat we have left for the the lizards. Darren would pipe up because he still has his list on him, and say we've got about uh, how many lizards do we have? Well, we're selling three, but we have a total of five. Five boomers too. Oh yeah, we did. So we have four here. No, no, no mine's there. Yeah, four. Can we assume that we have the bards, too, just out of curiosity? They're probably only one three, then, so yeah. We have uh, 75 ra uh, rations of food for animals still. Okay. I'd say I'd say sweeten the deal, and you don't have to worry about finding food for them. Um, we'll throw in enough rations for you to get there and uh, into the desert and out um, and for, for the rounded number of 70 gold. And, and then I'll, I'll let them know that we had we had a druid who had, who was able to commun communicate with the lizards and tell us that their favorite food is bird meat. The dragonborn sort of takes a step back and nods and sort of looks to his other allies and speaks in dwarven again. And the human sort of goes, "Okay, okay, we'll do seventy gold, but only if we get the the three animals, the 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 meat to feed them." And of course, we're getting the saddles, yeah. Naturally. Yeah, we're gonna give them yeah. the saddles. Yeah. All right, then seventy apiece it is. Sweet. Fantastic. Well, we'll clap those hands together and make what the giving and giving the stuff to the kids. Um, yep. If Aaron hands off his lizard, he would point to the other dragonborn and say, "This one's got no problem with heavy loads, and his name is Fisk." 
the dragonborn sort of, sort of smiles a little and gives you like a, like a strong hand on the shoulder and a nod. I'd like to assume that Fisk looks sad. Fisk can't tell the difference. You dragonborn all look the same to him. That's fine. It's all in Garen's head, but he liked the lizard. And sure. He's letting you keep the hat. And then they're second cousins. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is probably the first time Garen's looked sad on this entire trip. Um, as, jeez. Uh, as, uh, as I give mine over, um, I just kind of give it a pat. They're like, you've been a good boy. These, hopefully they'll treat you, treat you well enough. And then I guess I'll take my gold weight for the rest of the party right. with the uh, and by the other two lizards. All right. Well, uh, yeah. good. Uh, see, seeing that he sold off uh, his his mount and got his money, um, Fallon is going to uh, look for an armor or a blacksmith um, in the interim while uh, Baron tries to sell off Hoover's mount. Okay. Um, Aaron would also follow that endeavor. So you two are going off to go to find an armorer? Uh, blacksmith. Uh, looking for weapons. Okay. Garen would look for armor. Okay. Uh, also, uh, food for three lizards for the trip and back. That's two weeks each, trip, right? Yeah. All right. All right, cool. Sorry, just updating my... Uh, Alright, and then, for, and then, uh, so, wrong you're going to try and sell these two lizards? Farong. Sorry, I had myself muted. Um, right. so, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to try and, um, I'm going to take the, uh, the one lizard, and well, I'm gonna take both of them and go try and track down uh, Boomer. Okay. Um. So, who's doing what with the cart? That, am, am I at all back yet? Oh. Still with the, the no, rental. no, you, you, you're what you did took some time. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right. Um, was there somebody that we could like leave the cart with in like a staging area? Well, did or? you want to? Did you want to put the cart? I don't know. You, you, you guys never talked to anybody about your cart, so. Oh uh, yeah, we didn't even think about that. Um. Well, deuces. I guess. Uh, I guess Aaron's gonna try and now that they've sold the lizards, kind of try to get rid of the cart since we guess we took the food out of that to give the adventures. Well, are you getting rid so, of the cart, or are you just trying to deposit it somewhere? Um, I would like to uh, bring the wagon with us on the yellow rail. Okay, so do you want to talk to somebody specific about that? Um, yeah, actually, yeah. Instead of going to the armorer first, he's going to try and find uh, someone involved in the logistics of moving heavy items onto the yellow rail. All right, uh, you easily can find... A couple of the uh, stagehands um, by the end, by the rear of the yellow rail. They seem what a couple of them are loading animals, and the other person is ticking off information on a clipboard of some sort. 
he would uh, walk up and greet them. The, and, guy, uh, the guy with the clipboard looks to you goes, Hi, sir, what can I do for you? Something to do with that card, I assume. He would nod and uh, motion back towards it and say that we are heading out, I presume, this evening. And uh, would, would like to uh, bring this wagon along and was wondering if there was an easy way to get it up onto that Ella rail there. Well, we'll take care of that for you. Uh, what's your name? Garen. Uh, with an H. He sort of writes your name down. Do you know what what train you're taking and when you're leaving? Did we discuss that? Uh, we think, I don't think you guys talked about it at all. Uh, it's probably on your ticket. Oh, that's actually a good idea. He would look at the ticket. And uh, does it have a time on it? It does not. Um... He would huff for a second, look at the boys, and say, you got a midnight train? I'm afraid this is the last train of the day, and we're getting it out of here in the next hour. Hmm. He would shrug. What about tomorrow morning? We got a train leaving with the sunrise. Sunrise works. Want to leave, make sure we've got time for shopping. So, yeah, sunrise works. All right. Well, then, I'll put it down for... All right. Clemen. A guy sort of dashes up and says, get this cart in the stable. It's from Mr. Caharan over here. And we'll have that put on Garen your train kinda, when you settle on uh, what train you'll be getting on. Sounds perfect, Garen. We kind of look at the guy coming to get his uh, cart and just uh, look to the gentleman and just kind of out of curiosity ask, is, uh, is there an additional fee for bringing cart along on this rail? There is, my friend, and only a single gold fee at that. Oh, well, that's not so bad. Garen would pull out a gold coin and hand it to the man, having actually been fairly relieved, thinking it was going to be more. He takes it, goes to put it in his vest pocket, and goes, sorry, sir, I can't take this right now. I really want to take this coin from you, but I'm literally unable to do that legally. Take it, hold on to it, and when you pay oh, for your well, ticket, put an extra coin down and say that you're putting the cart on well, that works too. He would uh, put the coin back away. And uh, thank the gentlemen for their time. Kind of just uh, would hang out until the, the cart was being taken away before he still try and find time for an armor if there still is time. All right. Uh, I mean, you can still, this is this took only a couple of moments to do, so you can even still see Valentes walking away. Oh, well, yeah, in that case, he would try and catch up to the draft. Kind of just uh, not jog, but stride with strong, powerful legs. So you do that. Uh, Thurum, let's try and sell these lizards. Okay. Um, did I come across uh, Boomer yet? Uh, no, you're trying to find Boomer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's say that the, the whole group of you are heading back towards the center of town then. And it's about that time you hear the undeniable sound that sounds just like, exactly like, of the thunder cannon going off. Oh, there's Boomer. I'm going to go towards that noise. Okay. <laughs> would also get Garen's attention, and he would kind of point towards uh, Valandes and then point towards the source of the sound. Um, 
Alan will nod reluctantly and um, start contemplating casting some protective magic because there might be trouble wherever Boomer's at shooting his gun. Right. <laughs> so you guys sort of dash on with lizards in tow towards where the noise came from. Uh, and it's about the time where you get to the front of a blacksmith shop, the front of which is called Ledge Brothers Metal Working Services, and, uh, or Metal Bending Services. And out from the side, sort of uh, with a grin on his face from ear to ear, comes Boomer trotting along out from the side of the building. And Boomer, as, hey, you, as you leave the blacksmith, you happen to see your entire party running towards the blacksmith. I'll be like, hey boys, what's, what's the emergency? Y'all look, y'all look a little heated. What's wrong? Who did you shoot? Oh no, it wasn't a who. It was more of a what. Uh, these old boys are pretty good blacksmiths, and I wanted to show them some of my work. So I shot a shield. Man, that thing is bent up. They are never gonna be able to use that thing again. <laughs> Anyways, I got us some. Uh, I ordered us some sweet, uh, some sweet rails so we can turn this thing into a, like a sled, so we don't have to worry about you know wheels getting caught up. Anyways, they'll have it done by uh, day or uh, nightfall. Oh. Anyways, what's up? What's up? What's going on with you guys? Y'all saw my lizard. Uh, Karen would kind of uh, pipe up at that and just say, "This is a good time to mention our train leaves at sunrise." All right, good job, Scaly. Frog will tell him that he was, uh, you know, uh, we weren't able to, to sell your lizard. We did come across three adventures to get rid of three. So we still have these two to get rid of yet. Um, could you think of anybody? Maybe these blacksmiths need a lizard? Mm, I don't know about that, but I could always ask. Oh, I mean, it seems you impressed them with your, uh, with your thunder cannon. Or isn't there like a place to sell lizards? I'm sure like there's like a stable or something. There's got to be yes. something in the bazaar. Karen would pipe up as he kind of uh, looks past Boomer if he can see inside, looking for any helmets. Do uh, you see helmets inside? They kind of slither past the, the happy little man. Yep. Yeah, Melon's doing the same and walking in, noticing that there's uh, armaments inside. Uh, you go to yeah. I was about to say you guys go to. Uh, Make yourselves in, and the door is locked. Oh, well, hold hold on a second, boys. Let me let me try something. Uh, Boomer's gonna try to walk back and yell for him real quick. Yeah, you you can easily get. You guys can hear the anvil, the anvil singing as you stand right by the blacksmith. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna walk up like, hey, you guys. Um, I know y'all busy uh, and everything, but could one of y'all help out my friends here? They uh they, they're looking to buy some more stuff from me, and would you happen to know where I could sell these giant lizard things? The two brothers sort of look at themselves and look at, look back at you. The slightly shorter brother sort of taps the bro- the taller brother and says, "I'll take care of this one, brother. You keep him. You keep uh, flatten that metal out." And with his apron on and everything, sort of comes into the back of the store, and then on his way in, sort of says, "Well, tell your friends to come on in when they hear the door open." All right, I appreciate it. Uh, a moment later, you all standing at the front of the door can uh, see through the glass a, a halfling man walk up to the door, and you hear a deadbolt disengage, and then uh, a second deadbolt disengage, 
and he opens the door and looks up at all of you and goes, I understand you're friends with the gnome? The, that we are. And uh, we're looking to uh, possibly purchase some armaments from you. Well, come on in. I'm going to lock the door behind you. We're closed for the day. Wonderful. Thank you for making an exception, Garen would say, as he browses about the shop like a kid in the candy store. Does everyone come inside? Uh, yeah. What about the lizards? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go try with all the lizards. They can come too. Uh, right. as, as you, as hey, uh, you wanna, you wanna go sell some lizards? As the, uh, as the blacksmith sees you walking away, Boomer, he says, "Look for the big half orc with the ponytail of black hair. His name's Eldu, and he loves selling animals." All right. Thank you, old boy. I appreciate it. Take good care of my friends. You're a good man. And uh, Boomer's going to walk away by himself again. All right. Do business. So uh, he closes the door and deadbolts the one deadbolt and looks up to one of you all and sort of points to the deadbolt that's like two feet above and says, can one of you please engage that, that bolt for me, please? Garrett will flick it. Their hands meet and then their eyes lock. <laughs> 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 Roll for persuasion. <laughs> More like roll for impregnation. Holy crap. Jesus Christ. No. Anyway, so you guys uh, sort of perusing the, uh, the, the the blacksmith sort of looks to you along and goes, so uh, what exactly is it that you all are looking for? Got any helmets made for uh, one of my stature? Garen would tap his unprotected head. Well, let's see what the what else you're wearing. Uh, he kind of just motioned to the uh, chainmail he's wearing. He, he wore it into town. It's just a basic uh, chainmail halberd. Sort of nods and I would imagine sort of leads you over to where he has a couple of full sets of, of chain link suits, each of which has a an accompanied helmet of some kind. Most of them are relatively simplistic uh, skull caps. But uh, two, one of them is a more of a full helm. Is it? Uh, does it look like a really cool dragon? No. All of the all of the armor work here is embellished with sort of nature and leaf-like tones of uh, of design. So, like one of the skull caps is like the top of it almost looks like the veins of a, like a big leaf is what's covering your head. And, like, the chain that covers the back of your neck while wearing it is, you know, little, like, scales uh, attached to chain, each of which looks like a leaf. And then, like, the like the cross guard that covers your nose is, you know, like, the stem of the leaf that covers the top of your head. Like, it's all very, uh, very, very uh, nature-themed in terms of look and, and appeal. Um, Garen would look over the uh, motion towards that helmet and ask if it's all right to pick it up. Now please, put it on your big old head and see if it fits you proper. Uh, he'd pick it up and kind of turn it over in his hands and kind of look uh, look excited. Apparently, uh, he likes hats, uh, especially ones made of metal. Mm -hmm. And uh, he would plop that helmet down on his head and see if it fits. It's, uh, it's a little snug, but you feel like it, it could fit you. Like, it's not the metal that's holding you back. Uh, it, it's, like, just a slightly improper fit. Hmm. He kind of uh, grunts a little bit as he wiggles it back and forth before he uh, 
looks to the halfling and to the drow following, or at least hanging around and kind of look at them and see what they think. The, at least the halfling. The halfling puts his hand up, like, asking for the helmet. He'd uh, take the helmet off and offer it to the halfling. He uh, takes it and sort of grabs a, like a rounded, like, like a, there's a stump nearby, basically. And the stump has a, uh, a concave cut into the top of it. And he sort of, like, looks at your head and, like, steps around you a little bit, looking at the shape of your fucking head. And then takes the skull cap and puts it uh, outside down into the concave and uh, pulls a hammer out from his apron that he was just using the blacksmith and, like, hammers away at some of the concavity of the helmet, clearly extending the metal a little. And after a few moments of wrapping it with his hammer and puts the hammer away, pulls out a knife and sort of shaves some of the leather that's inside that is what is making contact with your head and like shaves the leather away a little bit and then hands it to you and goes, try that on. He would take the helmet back and try it on. Perfect. All right. Garen would seem very excited at that and kind of give it an experimental wrap with one of his knuckles before uh, looking to the man and say, uh, what could I expect to pay for an item of such uh, beauty as this? 15 gold will do it fine, especially with the compliment on it. Hmm. He'd uh, chuckle a little at that and uh, look about and just say, out of curiosity, you got any gauntlets that'll uh, fit these digits of mine? Uh, dude, uh, gauntlets are easier. Yes, absolutely. And he sort of grabs the gauntlets from the same armor set that he took the helmet from and offers them to you. They are very similar, like the what like the guard that protects the top of your hand is is like a, almost like a maple leaf look, uh, that has a, a leather strap that bands across the your palm. He would not in a try on those gauntlets. They fit perfectly fine. Putting them on his pair. He'd uh, laugh as he wiggles his fingers and just sort of mention aside how uh, dull his armor looks in comparison. <laughs> Then half and sort of nods and appreciates the compliment. Because that'll be 25 for the helmet and the gauntlets together. He would nod and uh, hand the man the gold. He, he doesn't even try to negotiate. He's, it's not his style. Halfling sort of seems to appreciate that and doesn't stop you from taking the armor. And then turns his attention to the to uh, and says, All right, what can I do for you? Um, Valen, um, has been putting on a good face, uh, and trying really hard to grin and bear, uh, everything that's happened in the past couple days, um, really putting the charm on, selling the, uh, the mounts, and just really trying to push everything away, but now being around weaponry, and, um, really, the thought's really settling in that he needs something better, something more powerful. Um, he needs to up his game so the next time he's not taken by surprise so much he's more prepared, uh, just more outfitted, so he's looking for um, a special short sword uh, something razor sharp, something that shines a little brighter than the rest of the rabble so you tell him you're looking for a good, and, uh, for a proper short sword yeah. 
working for a, a very special short sword. Uh, what do you happen to have? Sort of takes you, walks over uh, to where he has a bunch of swords on a rack. And sort of uh, takes a moment, looks over the handful of the ones he's got. All of them look like perfectly serviceable blades to you. But uh, I get the impression that you're sort of trying to, very in character, and I appreciate that, asking for a magical weapon of some kind? Not necessarily, actually. Uh, I mean, if, if, if you're willing to give me one, hell yeah, I'm going to take it. But no, I'm not pushing for it. Okay. I just want something good. Gotcha. Um, so he, he sort of grabs uh, from the rack a short sword. Uh, it looks like a, almost like a hand-and-a-half sword in his hands, but uh, sort of holds it up to you and says... Well, this here is a silvered blade. Uh, we hammered cool. silver into the metal, so it will turn even the toughest of hides, should the moon shine too brightly, if you know what I mean. Mm. And, uh, well, it's, it's sharp as the dickens, I can tell you that for sure. I, my brother nicked himself twice while we were putting it together. Well, for such a obviously careful craftsman, uh, that must speak to the blade. Um, and Val will grab it with his off hand and uh, kind of give it a couple snaps with his wrist. It feels beautifully balanced. That immediately it uh, calls your eye, and uh, you can feel it all the way up your arm. This weapon was made with absolute precision, and uh, if you feel like even though you're very confidently holding it in your hand, uh, this weapon would almost bite you if it had the opportunity. Fantastic. That's wonderful. Um, I'll hold on. Get the weapon um, in his hand. And, uh, but at the same time, trying to respect it because he's getting that feeling that it's really lusting for a little bit of blood. Um, look to the half-lady and say, well, how much will this set me back? Um, and he'll also take out his daggers from his back sheaths and lay them on the table Say, I'm willing to part with these as well. Sort of eyes over the daggers, probably a little longer than you want them to. Says, well, these aren't yeah. exactly wastes of metal, so I will take them off your hands and curb the price for you. And you're a friend of a, of a person who's going to do us a really good deal for money. So, I'll give you a nice and proper nine gold for the sword. Uh, put a lot of heart into it, so I'm, I'm sure you can tell. And naturally, we give you a scabbard to put that thing in. So that gold, that gold is all? Oh, uh, yes. Oh, but Valen can't get ten gold out of his pouch fast enough to um, plop in the uh, the halfling's hand, and uh, he'll thank him for abusing. The halfling nods and takes the money and goes into the back room real fast and comes back with a scabbard with a belt loop on it and sort of puts it on the desk and pushes it towards you and says, well, that's the scabbard we made for that sword, and I'm sure you'll find it fit just fine. Yep. Valen will uh, fasten it to his belt so it could be easily grabbed by his offhand and, um, and kind of hold up his arms a little bit to see how it's how it sits and find that it sits perfectly. And uh, he'll, he'll thank the halfling again with a, a generous bow and uh, turn to Geher and see if there's anything else that uh, the Dragonborn wanted to shop for. Um, Garen would be browsing over the, the halberds and other pole arms if there is a rack of them. Me. But, um, unless they're, unless there's something like 
really calling out to him. His uh, by now tattered and worn halberd will uh, have to continue to serve him. There, there's a couple of halberds, and they all seem like similarly fine measure and make. Uh, nothing that jumps out at you as like the god of fucking halberds, but uh, th- there is some nice pieces that would certainly replace yours. He would uh, finger one or two of them before he sighs and kind of looks into his gold pouch and, and shakes his head, thinking about how long of a road they have ahead of him, mm. and say, uh, I have to stop myself or I'm going to end up buying this whole store. The, the ledge brother sort of chuckles to himself at your sentiment and nods and looks to Farong and says, Well, what about you, friend? You looking for some arrows? Hmm. Um... Yeah, I, I would be uh, looking around there as I'd give him a nod. And I'd turn and ask him if he had any uh, long swords. And he sort of points to, takes you over to the rack where he got the short sword from. There is long sword there as well. Uh, he mentions that there, he has two silvered long swords, and those would be 25 gold each, but for a regular long sword, uh, that would only be uh, 15 gold. Alright, um, I pick up one of the silver long swords and look over it, um, and kind of just unsheath my, my long sword a little bit and kind of compare the two. Uh, they seem very equal. I mean, your, your weapon was probably given to you by the Expedition Force Quartermaster, so it's no slouch. Um, but this is a comparable sword, and that does speak to its craftsmanship to you. Um... I place the sword back down and uh, I turn to him and uh, ask him to point me to where his uh, his arrows are. He points um, over in the direction and says, "Well, we just the arrows, I'm afraid, are a little bit of our weak spot. They're all relatively simple and but effective. The heads won't fall off on you, and the fletchings are fresh." Frong would nod and say, "Well, I mean, effective is what you need." Um, and then he would he would inquire if they you know sharpen or polish. Um, swords and uh, if, if the ser- how much a service like that would cost? Uh, service wouldn't cost you much, honestly, and not much time to it. Uh, but if I'm honest, if you want us to serve much of your weaponry in that manner, it might push your friend's rails back a little bit. I'm sure my brother's already wishing he had my hands back there. Uh, Frung would not thank him for his time. Um, Garen would kind of just pipe up, having uh, unable to uh, stop himself, and we kind of chirp up at a. Uh, you said that all the uh, all the weapons are similarly uh, decorated with the leaves and. Uh, yeah, so like any of the halberds yeah. would probably have some leafy embellishment to them, maybe along the haft yeah. somewhere. He would uh, pick one up and and say, you know what, <laughs> I I who knows when I'm going to see a friendly. Uh, or rather, I'm gonna, when I'm going to see work of this quality again, how much for this one here? And uh, he sort of looks it over, and what is it you're holding? Uh, a halberd, um, which hopefully has the relative same treatment as the uh, swords, as far as quality and maybe silvering go. Yeah, uh, not silvering. The one you grab is not silvered. But if you want a silvered one, there are that is available. Okay, he would... Uh, he would Inquire more on one of those. Uh, and Daniel, he, he, he asks if you want to trade the halibut off your back in 
that would probably reduce the price. He would he would offer to do that. It's uh, relatively simple, being a you know more something from his mercenary days, but it, it's it's a it's a probably hardy weapon. It, it still works. Yeah. Uh, he says, well, silver normally would be about 30 gold for a halberd, but if you want to give me what you got, I can give you a proper fair price of uh, 21 or uh, 19 gold. He would nod and count the coins out and offer the uh, weapon, which, again, while playing, was clearly well cared for. Okay. And say that he will uh, he'll take that deal. Okay. All right. So, you guys uh, all have your nice new silvery weapons, almost, everybody at least. And uh, at that point, the halfling sort of says, I'm sorry, you'll all have to excuse me at this point. I really must go continue to help my brother. The day grows late, and right. there's much, much work to do. Karen would nod and say that they'd be back uh, before sunrise if that works for the craftsmen. He nods and says, uh, nightfall will be when the rails are done. The deal's a deal's a deal. If you could just uh, unlock those doors and I'll lock them behind you. Much appreciated. Even better. Karen would nod head out of the door. Looking super spiffy. Okay. You all leave? Yes. Yep. All right. You guys step out and uh, you hear the deadbolts lock behind you. And Boomer, you have been making your way to the bazaar, I take it. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I was muted. Yep. Yeah, uh, I'm heading to meet the uh, orc that um, the blacksmith brother told me about. Okay, so the bazaar is still raging. It's it's only early afternoon at this point, uh, and, but the bazaar is going on. You see several people. You see a couple of people approach you as you come into the bazaar, and they're like, ooh, trying to sell your lizard friend? How much? Uh, actually, I'm, I'm looking for someone in particular. Uh, thank you, though sort of immediately turn sour as they hear you say that and walk away from you. But uh, amongst the voices that boom and trying to make a sale, uh, you hear the particular sort of husky grunt that uh, half-orc and, and orc people seem to have, especially when they've been, you know, hucking their wares at people for hours. You can hear in the distance, yeah. you, my friend, you look like you're looking for a board or find truffles in your garden, or at the very least, you could eat it. 35 gold for this boar. Oh, he says that to me? No, he's just sort of... You, you hear the voice oh, before you okay. see the man. Oh, yeah, I'm going I'm going straight to that guy. I mean, I don't hear any other ones like that, correct? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of other half-orcs, but none of them are trying to sell livestock. Awesome. Yeah, but I'm heading his way. What was his name again, by the way? Uh, I forgot. Does anyone remember? Uh, you said it. Nope. Eldu. Eldu? Eldu. Yes. All right. Uh, cool. Listeners, uh, forgive me. All right, so you walk up, and he looks at you and points to you and goes, You, you're looking to buy something. Maybe more some of them, some of the Scanskirt lizards. I got three more if you need them. Actually, uh, uh, Eldu, uh, the brothers sent me here, the, uh, the blacksmith brothers, uh, to sell these to you, if I could. Oh, legend, legend sent you. Well, you must have done them a proper turn, otherwise they wouldn't bother my time. Yes, uh, you want to sell those lizards to me? Oh, uh, yeah, I I'd like to. Hmm, let me do something for you. 
Who here wants to buy some Sanskrit lizards? I got them at a proper price. Uh, a couple of people sort of step forward, and, and uh, he asks, he like sort of waves you forward to bring the lizards. Yeah, I'll bring them up. He goes, these two Sanskrit lizards come straight from the brothers down the street. The Ledge Brothers, they make fantastic metal, and if they think that this guy's got a quality product, I'm willing to sell it to you all. I'll tell you right now, looking at these lizards, even though I just met them, easily worth 45 gold apiece. You hear a couple people go, like, chattering the crowd, thinking that that's a pretty good deal. One person goes, I'll buy that for 43 gold. The second guy goes, I'll buy it for 50 gold. And it almost sort of devolves into a minor auction. Uh, and when the, when the whole thing's done... It, uh, the, 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 the last price is 63 gold per lizard. And, uh, yeah. and Landu like sort of claps his hands all strongly and goes, fantastic, step forward. The guy sort of pays him the, you know, uh, 126 gold for the two lizards and sort of looks to you and like gestures his head over to the guy who just bought your lizards. Okay, hold on just one second. I, I'll shake his hand and I'll be like, ah, much appreciated, much obliged. And he sort of looks to you and goes, well, I think that at least 10 gold lizards worth my amount of time that just took. What do you think? Uh, I'd say so, and I'll just hand him, give him 20 gold for my thing, not for Mel's. Uh, he pushes it back to you and says, I'll just give you 53 gold for each of them instead of the 65 I got, friend. Oh, that, that makes total sense. I, I appreciate that. He hands you 106 gold. Cool. And with that, you are relieved of those lizards. Cool. Uh, I'll shake his hand, and uh, uh, I'll ask him, like, do you know of any creature that might, uh, uh, how do I want to say this, uh, get through the snow incredibly well? Uh, I'm headed north, and I was just wondering if you would know of a, of a creature of, of such nature. Well, do you want something strong or something fast? Uh, well, we're probably going deep into the into the hills and such, so I'd say something strong. Well, what you're going to find is a northern ox. Just a proper, white-furred, big-horned ox. Alrighty. Remember, uh, you if you, you find... You happen to have any of those here. Oh, no. They couldn't stand the temperature down here. Too warm. It'd be hard to keep them happy. I don't bother with things that don't belong where I'm selling. Gotcha. So northern ox. And what what if I did want something fast? What would I be looking for? Well, you if you wanted to go real fast and not carry very much other than a couple of days of food and yourself, you want to find yourselves a white leopard. Those things can tear through snow and they leave no trace. Now, if you're trying to do a little bit of an in-between, well, uh, you can either go for a young ox. They still can plow through the snow faster than proper proper oxes, but yeah, I, that, that'd be my suggestion. Alright, I'll do. Uh, I appreciate your help on the business. Uh, you, you have a good day, and he'll finger gun. He, uh, as he, walks he sort of quirkly smiles and gives you one awkward finger gun back. Nice. Alright, well, uh, he's gonna go look for his group now. Okay. Um, well, it's, uh, it's about mid-afternoon at this point, and you guys sort of managed to bump back into each other on the edge of the bazaar. Cool. Uh, Garen would suggest drinks, dinner, and, uh, kind of taking stock of where they're at. Okay. Uh, drinks. Definitely drinks. Then Val will agree. 
his uh, boomer look at him like, why y'all pay for drinks? You know I got booze on me, right? Like, I have it at all times. No matter what, I have some form of alcoholic beverage on my person. But y'all out here slinging gold for drinks, what are you doing? Come on. Jaren would look at the gnome and then look at the party and say, uh, in that case, moonshine in the wagon? Question mark? Moonshine on my person, exclamation point. No, he meant like, that moonshine. <laughs> As he starts to clarify, he realizes exactly how stupid he sounds and just stops. Valen will wince a little bit and go, it's not gear crank, is it? Oh, well, uh, I got a, I got a batch of gear crank, uh, verminated, if you will. Uh, but no, it's just the regular moonshine right now. Uh, moonshine will do. You can keep the gear crank. Well, it's actually something I've modified myself. It's called gear, gear crank plus. Uh, <sighs> it's going to be pretty good. Uh, oh, Garen looks excited. <laughs> You're just going to have to give it a little bit. Takes a, a deep breath and goes, All right, uh, well, moonshine for now. God help us all when you finish that batch. Yeah, all right. Um, are there any like food vendors, like a nice like food cart where I can get like a kebab or maybe like, like a nice euro or something like that? A little bit of lamb at the very least, in form. a little bit of tzatziki sauce. <laughs> That's very specific. Um, yeah. The usual. Right. <laughs> uh, no, there is definitely food vendors, and uh, most... Oh, pardon me, guys. Um, you can definitely find uh, you know, food on a stick and um, food wrapped up in uh, flatbread. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely all about that. So, yeah, you can certainly find it, and it costs you uh, like a silver a piece to get a, a meal. Cool. Um, we just lost yeah, Jeff. Not... Yeah, we just lost uh, Gehar. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Rip that man. Oh, there he is. Oh, yeah. he's back. Back. That, uh, that was not the correct button. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I was going to edit that out, but that was, that was that was worth it. I'll leave that in. <laughs> Garen buys uh, two. Two. Portions. Okay, so two silver for you then. Uh, did you guys want to look into uh, staying somewhere for the night, or did you guys just want to try and crash in your wagon? Uh, I will definitely look for a, a tavern to stay in, um, someplace with a little bit more hostility, hospitality than uh, the wagon. Sure. All right. Well, the nearby tavern is called the Pegasus's Feather. And it seems like a relatively fruity joint. All right. Uh, walk straight in and ask how much for a room. Well, you walk in and everyone is quite finely dressed. Uh, you are probably the nicest dressed amongst your party, but even you are a little underdressed, you feel. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of the waitresses sort of walks by you and sort of curtsies gently and goes... Talk to the talk to the man behind the bar. He'll handle you, sir. Yep. Well, it'll walk up to the bar and uh, grab a seat. Um, like, not the bartender. 
Uh, a man with a powdered wig and a very good sense of uh, fashion walks up and goes, Yes, you'd like somewhere to stay or a drink? Well, the drink is the silver, and if you want a room, how many do you have? And is it just you? Um, Alan will look behind him because he hasn't yet, and to see if his party's with him. Oh yeah, Boomer's there, but he's going to try to like sweet-talk the waitress. <laughs> she smiles and sort of like placatingly giggles uh, and walks away. Oh, I thought the wait. No, I meant the wait. The waitress. Oh, or the waiter. I don't care. No, no, I I said waitress. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. He sees how he realizes how nice a duds he has on compared to everyone else in here. Um. So he thinks he has a shot. Sure. Um, so uh, yeah, your whole party's behind you, so all four of you. All right. Uh, then Valen will turn back to the bartender and say, there'll be four of us tonight. Well, that would be three gold for the night, then. That's fair. All right. He will uh, start to drink his ale and um, to hand the man the three gold. He hands you your key and uh, puts up a bottle of wine. And uh, says, you can take your bottle to the room if you care to. And all you have to do uh, is, to. is uh, poke your head out of your room and we'll have another bottle come to you. That's fantastic. Finally, some uh, proper help. And then he'll grab the bottle quick and room to uh, drink alone if nobody else comes with him. He uses bonus action to dash to the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Garrett goes with him. All right. You uh, you guys go upstairs, and at the top of the stairs, you can see there is a small stool where sitting at is a man also in a powdered wig reading a book of some sort and sort of stands at attention and gently bows as you walk past him. Oh, yep, Valen pays him no mind and just keeps going. You, uh, Wait, what does he do? Say that one more time. The, the, the man who's sitting at the stool? Yeah. Uh, he was reading a book. He stands up and sort of gently bows as you all pass. Uh, Garen would offer a nod to the man as he passes and kind of just, not lightly wave, but sort of just acknowledge him would be a better word for it. Okay. You all figure out which door is yours because the number on the door looks like the same number on your key. And uh, you you walk into a very uh, simple in layout, but relatively nice in uh, attire room. There is four single mattresses on bed frames, each of which has a footlocker at. Um, the beds are simple, again, in, in look, but the sheets and pillows seem to be of the highest quality. Fantastic. Karen will start to take off his armor. Yep. Jump right on the bed. And there is a round table and four chairs uh, stuffed underneath the table. Well, um, his armor off, Garen, uh, I don't want to say flexes, but how can you not when you look like he does? Sure. Uh, before he heads over towards the table and sits down and kind of motions towards Boomer and says, so about that moonshine. What's it? Oh, you want some of these? I'm using shine, and he'll slide the, the shine across the table, but 
Uh, I, none for me right now. I still got to go out later tonight and get those uh, get that, those pieces of metal for uh, the cart. So y'all get liquored up pretty good, and I'll join y'all later. Well, Jaren would say I thought I'd help you with that, but that doesn't mean we can't make it more fun. He wiggles that bottle that was slid to him. Uh, nah, I don't drink while I'm doing business, but I appreciate it. He would nod, and uh, he respects that before he takes a few big swigs of that there moonshine. All right. Yes, sir. So, uh, you guys have a quite uh, day-drinky and enjoyable uh, afternoon, but it would come to Boomer's attention pretty awaredly when the sun starts to get quite low in the sky. Yep, uh, everyone's going to be like, well, boys, uh, if any of y'all want to join me, I'm going to go get those uh, metal planks from the, uh, from the brothers. Uh, it's getting kind of dark, and I, I don't know nothing about this city, so if I could get some sort of company, that'd be great. Perron uh, would offer to go with them since the other two have been, you know, slamming the old bruise. Yeah, but Garen, uh, Garen stands up anyway, even though he's he's pretty buzzed by now. Garen, and, uh, Garen, old boy. It's all right, Garen. I'm going to call you at. Why don't you, why don't you sit down? You keep drinking that moonshine. Me and Fern's got this. He's a strong elven whatever. Um, he got it. We got it. <laughs> you enjoy it. You, you and Valent, you sit here. You enjoy that moonshine and your wine and your fancy dressing. And we'll, we'll be right back, all right? Uh, Garen would clap one hand on Valent's shoulder and then actually shoot Boomer a finger gun. Oh, uh, multiple. Boomer, Boomer looks like he's not going to do the finger gun. And all of a sudden, he pulled two out of his holsters. And bang, 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 bang. <laughs> <laughs> will, while holding the wine bottle, will try to finger gun, but he's inebriated and holding a wine bottle. So it's just kind of a pointy finger coming out of the bottle. Just kind of waves it at him and says, oh, have fun. And I, I'll be like, yeah, that's, that's close, bud. Yeah, all right. All right, so you you two you two leave and uh, and head on down, and as you do yep. again, the, uh, the the man in the hallway gets up from his stool and reading and sort of nods and bows gently as you all pass. Uh, I'll tip my hat. Okay, Malady. He's like, what what you what you, what you reading there, old boy? He sort of flips the book back and forth and has some scribble on the front. Can't make it out while he's flipping it. Oh, it's. Uh, just a book from the library about the local animals. Oh. My friend here, Farron, knows some stuff about animals. Don't you, old boy? Apparently not. <laughs> I know how to draw animals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Farron nods. <laughs> and it screams eternally, please don't ask me a question about animals. <laughs> <laughs> The, the man just sort of nods and goes, the man sort of nods and goes, I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to bother you, but I appreciate you asking, sir. Hey, no problem. You look like a hardworking lad. You keep up on your studies. It'll, it'll get you somewhere. He sort of smiles and nods and takes his seat again. All right, I'll head off. Isn't he an old man? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I thought, I swore you said he was an old man. Anyway. Hey, it doesn't matter. I'm like almost 200 years old. Right. Anyway, uh, everyone's young to me. After you guys leave the bar, a moment later, there's a knock on the door. Um, at the uh, the uh, room. At the 
at Delroom? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Garen would stumble his way over towards the door. Um, and it would be worth noting that even though he took his armor off, that battle axe is still attached to his hip as he opens the door. Sure. Uh, a woman that has come to the door a couple of times over the course of the day, uh, as you guys sort of like asked for wine into the hallway, uh, she stands there in a nicer gown than she, what she was delivering wine in before, and she holds a bottle of wine and goes, Would you all like another bottle of wine? We saw your, your friends leave and figured you still wanted another round for the night. Absolutely, Garen would respond. Um, not quite slurring, but boy, is he on his way to that. And uh, she would hold up a finger and say, also, a morning wake-up call. She sort of smiles a little and nods, and from the side, outside of the, the your vision, from your you know, cracked door view, she also, she hands you the bottle, and then pulls forward a loot and says, would you all care to put another gold down for your payment for the night and receive a serenade? Karen looks to Valen. Uh, Valen will wave a hand and say, sure, let her sing. Good enough for me, Karen would say, since we're, our bards decided to go find uh, Harem Boys or whatever it is he's doing. <laughs> Literally. Uh, so the, the woman comes in, the woman comes in and, uh, and takes a seat, takes one of the chairs from the table and puts it uh, near the door. Uh, and takes a seat and begins to play her lute very, 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 very nicely, as a matter of fact. Um, she starts with a song in Elven, which, although probably falls a little deaf on Garen's ears, um, is still a very pretty song to listen to. Uh, and you can feel the, the, the lyrics have to do with, like, a love lost and a love refound. And it's it's very, very pretty song. He appreciates that. Uh about knowing what the bard is saying, um, will uh, swoon swoon a little bit more than he, he would like to, um, mainly because of why and sure drama. Yeah, but it is a very pleasant song that sort of reminds you of home a touch uh, after a sense. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, um, going back to the, the the other two, so you guys make your way to the blacksmith shop and you can hear the anvil singing. Uh, I'm going to walk up. Is the anvil part just, just open? Yeah, it's it's just like the backyard. It has like a fence to it. But Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll walk, you know, kind of like scream over like, hey, old boys, I'm here just to let y'all know. And you hear one of the brothers go, oh, See, welcome back. And uh, you hear a couple of steps and Want, like a little gate opens for you and uh, uh, for for you and Ferran to, to walk through. And uh, oh, uh, I walk, I walk in. All right, so you guys are welcome in. He latches the gate back closed, and you can see that one of the railings is already done, um, and that they're they're finishing they're putting some finishing touches on the second rail. The rail almost looks like if you took. Like a, like a, hold on a sec. Let me just sketch this out. And I'm going to go to video for a sec so you guys can see. Cool. 
So from the oh. front, the the, the rail kind of looks like that. Um, cool. It's it almost looks a little bit like a kitchen knife for the listeners. So it's like a wedge shaped rail that makes contact with the ground down here, and then uh, at two separate points, there are three separate points. There are these posts that uh, come up, and they have like. Um, I'm not an artist, so y'all can go fuck yourselves. But at no, the top I of the, I appreciate it. <laughs> the top of the post sort of looks like that, where it's uh, like that's the 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 the, the, the post that comes up, and then there's three flat, uh, four flaps, each of which with like a nail hole oh, for, for you mounting. to for yeah for you to mount it to the under undercarriage. Cool, works great. And uh, so you can see they 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 were just sort of finishing up the second rail at this time and it seems like it's kind of a one-man job at this point so the one of the brothers is sipping uh, a bottle of wine uh, and sort of gestures the bottle to the two of you for coming out uh after we exchange the money i'll I'll have a little sip with you my man i i I just told my god done telling my acquaintance that I, i don't drink before uh business is done the, the brother nods and sort of claps his brother on the shoulder and hands the bottle to him. In turn, he receives the hammer and, and, and tongs, and you can see him sort of go back and do exactly what his brother was doing, and then the brother who was working goes back to what the other brother was doing, and that's taking a sit and drinking some wine. Cool. Um, um, hey, uh, you guys still got that shield? I put that dent in, by the way. I feel kind of bad about that. Uh, you can see that uh, the one who's drinking the wine sort of points up, and you can see that the shield is hanging, um, and uh, it's been it's been banged back straight. Oh, all right. Well, I was gonna go over there and uh, fix it back up for y'all, but you seem to already have it done. So, never mind. So. Uh, do you guys want to interact with these guys at all while they're just doing the finishing touches? Because you get the impression that it's not going to take much longer to finish these rails up. Frank's going to let them do their work. Yeah. he's uh, uh, Boomer's going to sit and watch them do their craft. Uh, okay. He enjoys watching people who do similar things that he does. So. All right. Uh, so going back to the, the, the room... You guys uh, hear another. Uh, by this point, you've heard a couple of songs from the woman, and uh, her last or her 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 next song, maybe fourth song, is a song in common uh, about um, a band of warriors, and, and they they go to war, and it's a bit more of an upbeat song, but the the, the like the hook is still very somber in in delivery. So like the verses are really like bumping and powerful, and there's like a lull between them. Uh, and it feels like the conflict is the song where they come and they clash swords and there's these tales of great valor. And then, you know, almost as if the, the, the hooks are like the, the night between fights. It's a sort of like this really pretty cadence of a song that just goes up and down, up and down, uh, makes, makes you think of your old, uh, mercenary days where every day was a fight and every night was a party. Uh, <clears throat> Garen, obviously appreciating the song, would also it would be sort of bittersweet for him, mm. um, which might show on his uh, fairly drunk face. But uh, 
keeps it together and kind of just has his eyes on the woman with a smile for the most part on his face as he listens. And uh, her last song is sort of a special song, and it's in a language that I don't think either of you understand. Do either of you know Sylvan? No. No. So it, she sings a song in, in a language neither of you understand. Um, and it's it's like a lot of her other songs is very romantic, even like the Mercenary song was kind of uh, romantic, romanticizing fighting. Um, but this one has, right. is a bit more power to it. Um, and both of you make wisdom saving throws. Okay. Yep. That's a one. All right. No. <laughs> uh, 14. Okay. So you guys are um, both afflicted by an effect that makes you much more relaxed and calmed and tired uh, to the point where, Garen, you feel like if you don't get up and put yourself into your bed, you're going to fall asleep at the table. Um, <clears throat> Garen, we kind of look at that moonshine bottle and kind of curse, but in a loving way, Boomer, um, giving him spiritual finger guns and uh, attempt to stand from the table and say that he thinks he's had a, a few too many. Okay. And uh, with yeah. that, with the last song sort of coming to an end, uh, she sort of stands up and bows very deeply uh, and without almost making a single sound, puts her chair back under the table and uh, sees herself out. Well, uh, well, yeah, if Garen can make it to bed, he would try to make it to bed. You get you get to bed, but not much else. Yeah, he's out. Um, and uh, Valen, you're suffering very similar effects. Not as powerfully, but uh, you're, you're pretty tired. <laughs> Valid will eye the uh, the bottle of wine, uh, one of many that he kind of look at it almost betrayed, <laughs> set it on the table, and uh, then kind of walk up to his bed and just just lay down and try his best to fight off sleeping and probably probably just start dozing off. Okay. All right. So uh, the the rails are done for you two and the uh, the, the halflings sort of say, well, they're done. Do you all need a hand with hauling them to where they're to go? Uh, hmm. Wrong, you think you and me got this? I mean, how much do they weigh? The brothers sort of look to each other and go, eh, they're probably about 35 pounds each. Uh, we can get it. Yeah, we got it, and I appreciate you boys. You are some fine craftsmen. They both uh, sort of I, take I lived, a bow in unison, almost as if it's practiced. I lived in the, 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 the dwarven capital city, and I, I've seen some craftsmen, but you boys, y'all do a great job, and I appreciate you. They sort of, again, thank, thank you for your kindness and say, well, then you're uh, free then to take the railings. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll hand over the rest of the money and I'll throw in five extra gold. Okay. So you pay them 30 gold? And I'll be like, yep. I'll be like, thank you, boys. Uh, if I ever pass through here again, I'll be sure to stop by. 
they both appreciate you, and one of them holds the gate open as you take you two take the rails out. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Um, do you want to take these to the cart? Wait. Yeah. Is there any possible way I can put these in my bag of holding? Um. Uh, okay. you know what? I don't really want to bother myself with checking the parameters of what you can and can't put in the bag of holding. So for cool. this one time, let's say sure. Yeah. All right. I put them in the bag of holding. Okay. All right. See, I told you we could get it. And then, and uh, so we'll. Fern, you want to take this to the? You want to go over and put these uh in the carriage in the in the cart? Sure. I'll, uh, I'll go over and keep an eye on the... I mean, where we left the carriage, was it under supervision by somebody on yeah, the rail the, the company? Yeah, the okay. stable uh, at the yellow rail station is, is under lock and key. Okay. Well, I'll go over there. Yep, we'll make our way over. Okay. You guys make your way over to the yellow rail station and the stable, and you guys approach. They, um, uh, go ahead. Hey, y'all, uh, we're, we're looking for our cart. A man with a clipboard in his hand sort of looks and goes, I'm sorry, who, who are you exactly? What, what was that? Who who are you exactly? We... Oh, my name's Boomer, but uh, I believe maybe one of my companions dropped off. Uh, Brum, did you, did you drop it off? No, it wasn't me. Um, it was either um, uh, Valandess or Deheron. Yeah, uh, Amanda sort of looks at you too, like, well, who was it? Uh, we don't rightly know. Could you check for both? Uh, sort of grumbles about the sketchiness <laughs> of that. Oh, yes, we do have a cart for Mr. DeHaron. Yeah, big dragonborn guy, scaly, you know. Oh, I don't, we don't write down people's race here, sir. Yeah, that'd be profiling. Anyways, uh, <laughs> we just want to put some stuff in the cart if that'd be all right. I'm afraid either you'd have to leave those items at the front, or you'd have to bring Mr. Gaharan with you. Uh, all right, well, I guess it can wait till morning then. Sorry, please understand, we can't just let people go poking around in other people's belongings. No, I, I understand. You're just doing your job, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, because you don't know us, and you, you know the heron, so you ain't letting nobody in, and that's a good job. You're doing a good job. <laughs> I like how you appreciate everything. Right. <laughs> and so, hey, uh, you know, not all heroes go adventuring. Right. So you guys make your way back to the, the, the end room, and, uh, Valandes, you are awoken with a knock. Uh, Valandes pop off the pillow. Uh, sure, he's a bit groggy, if not uh, still probably drunk. And um, he'll make his way over the door, and before he opens it, he'll go, Who's there? You guys hear a very drunk Valandes say, Who's there? It, it's Boomer and Farron. Let us in. I almost kind of wanted to say the Baba Yaga. <laughs> <laughs> he might have I just shot an Eldritch Blast through the fucking border. It's going to be the Baba Yaga. Uh, 
I take away your daddy now. Sing oh. a song about your mom. Alan <laughs> will throw the door open and say, No, you're back. Yeah, yeah, we're back. Alright. Alright, yeah. so you guys are welcome back in and uh, have a peaceful night, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Darren's, Darren's up cold, still holding Boomer's oh, yeah. bottle. Before we go to sleep, uh, Boomer's going to cast Alarm in the room. Okay. Just in case anybody wants to uh, try to break in. Sure. Because uh, he had some of his ammunition stolen. We don't like that. So he's going to... That was a while back. Deep cut. Uh, but yeah, he's going <laughs> to cast Alarm and then get ready for bed. Okay. All right, so we'll continue next week with tomorrow morning of this lovely little crossroad town of Melkit. Uh, of Merkit, I believe they called it. Melkit, one of those two. And uh, sure. we'll see how the party fares on the Ella Rail next week. Thank you for joining us. As always, I'm your host and Dungeon Master, Kenny. We have our four players, the Artificer. Uh, night, y'all. Have a good one. Our Warlock. Good night, everybody. Our fighter. Good night. And our rogue. Have a good one, everyone. Bye. Bye. See you.